Hey there, you're listening to the Not So Breakfast Show with Sasha Endish. You are listening to the Not So Breakfast Show, the podcast for career development and leadership. And we are recording on a new platform, which is giving us some video. And funnily enough, we did this back in episode, I think it was 23, and we recorded on the very same platform. And you were in your parents' garage, and here you are again in your parents' garage. Sometimes I just want to feel like a teenage boy, and I want to lurk around the dark edges of the internet from my parents' garage. Fantastic. Well, it doesn't look so much like you were kidnapped this time, because last time it must have been a different angle. It looked like either you'd gone back in time to like 1974, or you're in the garage of a serial killer, but this just looks like a normal garage now. Look, I've got my 1973 sweatshirt on. That's how you know it's different. That was a great year, year we were born. Yes. (laughs) Cool. Well, we're talking today about when you had to step up when you weren't ready. And really, I think I've got a lot of experience in this area because my whole career development has been stepping up when I wasn't ready. And so maybe we should unpack some of those opportunities that have come along and how I've done that, but also maybe just go through a series of questions or a series of scenarios that may, you may be thinking, like, am I ready for this opportunity? And yeah, let's unpack that. And you know that thing we're talking about being 50, like if we don't do it now, then when? Mm. And, and I know that's something that we're going to talk about, but more than ever now, I feel this urgency around, actually, we just have to do the thing. When the opportunity's in front of us, it's like, yes. And if there's no opportunity in front of us, then we need to smash some doors down to make the opportunity. I, I'm, I'm really sensing this momentum shift where we just cannot wait anymore. You cannot be a passenger in your own life, man. I'm, I'm ugh. I'm preaching now because I'm I'm just there. I love it. It goes so fast. I remember for a long time I, I used to tell myself I wasn't old enough for any opportunity. And now I sometimes say to myself, oh, maybe you're a bit old for those opportunities. So I've kind of had that sweet spot of 10 years, but it goes like quick. It was 37. It was 37. It was 37. The number that was my moment. It was like now, now <laughs> everything. And I love this idea of uh, 50 being halfway. And that means... 25 is just like a quarter of the way and time to really start. And that means 15 is like a really good place to begin. And maybe if you're six or seven, tomorrow is the day to ask for the thing that you really want at school. I think at all ages, man, at all ages, how do we go after the stuff that we want? And not, and not just for our own, not just our own selfish needs, like in service of others, the things that the opportunity of things that we want to do. So the question that you may want to ask yourself when an opportunity comes up and you're thinking, I'm not ready, or you're questioning it, is whose voice are you listening to? So in your head, if you are talking yourself out of it, is there someone's voice that you're hearing, maybe a parent, maybe another boss, maybe a friend that's from your past saying that you're not ready for this, you can't do it, you can't step up, and maybe identifying what that voice is or who that voice is and thinking, Is that actually true? Because traumas from the past tend to hang around. 
And some of those voices are sometimes people you work with who are just sabotaging bitches. There is a job opportunity that comes up and you say, oh, I'm thinking about applying for that. And they just have a nasty little, oh, are you? Mm. And that can be something that you that you dwell on. I, I love this idea of just checking in and going, whose voice is in your head causing you to question whether you are ready? And I love I love what happens for, for me. I'm doing quite a few keynotes at the moment around the place. So I've been at the Waste Management Institute of New Zealand, and tomorrow I'm at ABC Business Sales. And on Friday, I'm going to be with some accountants in Wellington. And on Sunday, I'm going to be with the Casey Clinic. It's this vast array of different industries, completely different types of people that I'm speaking to. And every talk I give, my mum gets incredibly worried because she said, but you don't know anything about that. (laughs) You don't know anything about waste management. What can you possibly be going to talk to them about? And I said, oh, I just, I started by saying, well, how good is it that we're all here to talk rubbish today? (laughs) I said, that's my best joke, so laugh. You don't have to know everything about everything to be in a position to step up. Sometimes it's okay to say, this is what I bring, and that's what I'm going to talk about. Yeah, because sometimes our topic or our expertise sits across multiple industries or multiple situations. So if we're talking about the topic of leadership, whether you know the rubbish industry or whether you know the the lawyer industry, the principles are, are pretty much exactly the same. So you can position yourself within an, uh, an area of expertise. So it might be if you are hearing those voices, question where it's coming from. I mean, I remember the teachers at school that were all shit and telling me that you couldn't do it, you had to do your homework, you weren't going to make it. And, you know, sometimes those voices still resonate, but I've got more than enough evidence now to to know that those aren't true. Uh, and if I am listening to a voice in my head, I would want to go, is it me that's talking myself out of this? Or is it someone else that's referencing something from my past that's no longer serving me? Yeah, I love that. Check in. And I hate those teachers. <laughs> I hate <them> all. <laughs> Nobody's got the right to speak that into anybody's life. I'm always so reluctant every time I find myself about to say to someone, I'm not sure this is for you. I'm not sure you are going to make it. But I think there's ways we can express our doubts about people's career paths or whatever. I mean, you know those teachers are well-intentioned. They wanted you to study harder. But they didn't reflect on themselves and say, how can I make my lessons more interesting so that Ishmael, this obviously smart kid, can learn? Instead, they just go, oh, the problem must be you. And that's bullshit. Next one is, have you got all the information? So the opportunity's there and now you're starting to doubt yourself. And that, you know, you might be going, oh, I'm just not, I'm just not sure I've got the skill set or I'm just not sure I'm right for this. But have you actually got all the information about it or are you just looking at it from a surface level and going, well, actually, that's not for me. Maybe a little bit more research, a little bit more questioning, talking to somebody else in a similar position might give you more information to just back up the fact that you are qualified for it and you can take the opportunity. I saw a super cool thing earlier this week here in New Zealand where an employer had said from now on they are putting in their job advertisements 
a line that goes something like, just because you don't have all of the attributes we are listing, please apply anyway. What we know is that women in particular don't apply unless they have everything. We want to Mm. hear from you. Please do apply. And on the one hand, commentators have said, well, why do they list everything and saying you must have X, Y, Z? But also other commentators are saying, that's great. Just say, hey, ideally you'd have all of these things. But if you don't, put your name in the hat because the person we most likely choose won't have them all anyway. So don't rule yourself out just because there's something missing on the list. You might want to ask yourself as well, will this opportunity come up again? Because sometimes uh, within your career, little opportunities come up often and it might just be, uh, I'm interested and I'm going to do a little bit more work to get there, and I know it will come up again, or actually, no, this is the one opportunity that I've got, and I need to to go for it. I, I guess if it's something that you are really passionate about and you want to take the risk, you want to go out there, you want to get it, there's some strategies that we could talk about about how you might backfill that skill set in order to get in that position. But if it is something that is going to come up again in the future, then it's just a timing situation. I think it's really interesting when you think about kids in this respect as well. So so often kids face opportunities that they feel as though it's the only time, it's the only time I'll ever be invited to Johnny's house. And so I'm not coming to grandma's 80th. And as parents, we have this power of perspective where we can say, well, there probably will be other times that Johnny will invite you. And we have that ability to to recognize for our kids which opportunities are once in a lifetime and which are going to come around. And I don't think we necessarily grow out of that ability to see it for ourselves. So sometimes we go, oh, this is it. This is the only chance I have to do it now. And it's actually not true. But I think more often than not, there are these tiny windows of opportunity and we have to take them. So I remember when uh, Maureen Baker at Les Mills said, look, I'd love you to come and help. You've been designing these training manuals. I'd love you to deliver this message to the trainers. Uh, The summit is in Portugal. And I said, that's amazing. And my baby will be four months old. (laughs) So there's only one there's only one thing to do, stay home and feed the baby. I mean, you, you can't possibly choose your career over your family, right? That's a that's an easy choice. Or you just say, what if I just took the baby on the plane? <laughs> Let's just take the baby with me to Portugal, which is what I did. And that was the start of a really beautiful relationship with a whole lot of people in Europe, and it was an amazing thing to do. Would my career have been hurt if I didn't take that opportunity? Yes, I think so, because I think that laid the foundation of a lot of ongoing discussions and opportunities. And was it a great hardship to take my little baby with me? No. Did I have to buy her food? No, I was the food. <laughs> it, it took a bit of time management, but uh, yeah, you know, how, how could you make this work? Choices are not always binary. And I remember getting an opportunity to uh, basically be a national presenter I was up against someone who had way more experience, way more qualifications, way more mana in the whole industry. And I remember just shrinking inside myself, freaking out, thinking, oh, my goodness, they are definitely going to get it. But then I was like, man, if I want it, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to work for it. And I prepped because we had to present 
And I remember just staying up late and putting in the work and just practicing, practicing, practicing. And when I kind of got in there and delivered it, I was just light years ahead, really. Because you were magic. I was magic because I think what they had done is gone natural talent, been doing it for ages. I'm obviously the easy choice. I'm only up against Ish. And then Ish came in like a ninja and swept it out from underneath them. <laughs> And I, I love that we've just done what we encourage everybody to never do. So on our 30-minute <laughs> presenter program where we teach you how to put together 30-minute presentations and how to tell great stories, we say never make yourself the hero of the story. And I've just told a hero story. You've just told a hero story. Amazing. So maybe every now and then you can be the hero of the story, just not all the time. On your own podcast. <laughs> Yeah, get, get your own podcast. The next one I would look at is, if not you, then who? And if not now, then when? So if you are saying, oh, I'm just not sure that I want this opportunity, someone's going to take it. And if you're in a career or in a job or in an industry where you're going to be working with that person, sometimes it is helpful to actually go, well, if I'm not going to do it, who is going to take it and do I want to work with that person or am I prepared for that person to have that position? Because am I just going to sit here and live with regret that they got it and then I'm just bitter about it? Or is the person that's likely to get it the person that I would want to have it? And that may prompt you slightly to step up. And then if it's a timing thing, if not now, then when would you be ready? So if you're not ready now, when would you be ready and what would you need to put in place? So what's the skill set and the knowledge gap? Because that can be bridged. Any skill, any knowledge can be bridged. Now, don't lie and say you're a neurosurgeon when you're not a neurosurgeon because the skill gap and knowledge gap for that is massive. <laughs> but if it's just a few things that you need to actually get your head around, Information's everywhere. Ash, it's brain surgery. It's not rocket <laughs> science. So on your first point about if not you, then who, when my dad was a preacher, he used to tell this story about this idea that because he believed in a higher being and, and God, he'd say that you know God would share like a vision with a person. And if a person had this vision or this inspiration and they just didn't do anything with it, then God wasn't going to go, oh, well, that's that idea done. Can't get that done on earth because I you know, gave it to Ish and really he's not inspired to do anything about it. And so in, in the sort of religious context, Dad would preach about when you have these visions, if you don't act on them, God's just going to give them mm. to someone else. Someone else is going to get that vision. And one of the saddest things to witness in your life is someone else implementing an idea or a vision that you had because you didn't step up and take the opportunity. And I think take the religious piece away and go how often in the world there's an argument about uh, patents and inventions because often scientists will be working at opposite sides of the world on similar problems and similar ideas for problem solving come to them in a really short short space of time but one of them will take action and do something with it when the other one won't and I think all ideas do not exist solely in our own heads yes. so if you have an idea about something you want to do it's quite possible that someone else is thinking of it too and how often do you see a product in the market and I'll go oh I thought of that years ago but I did nothing about it so I'm really pleased that that person's gone on to be a gazillionaire good for them because the idea came, the universe provided the idea, 
But if we don't step up, someone else is going to do it. And that's it. If not you, then who? And do you want to watch someone else pick up your idea and run with it? Could you just step up and have a crack at implementing it now? We'll be right back. Do you spend too much time planning out and then freaking out about your upcoming presentations? Then the 30-minute presenter program is for you. With our audio-based training program, you can literally learn the art of presenting while walking, driving, or even in the bath. Imagine Sasha and I right there with you. Well, not in the bath, but in your ears, unpacking our 40 years of combined experience in this impactful upskill. Learn to craft messages that matter, engage an audience, and overcome those nerves. So join the 30-minute presenter program. The link is in the show notes. Get started today. And to pick up on the timing aspect of that, if not now, then when, there is no perfect time. There is no perfect time to have a baby. There is no perfect time for anything. If it's, if it's change, change will happen regardless, you know, and sometimes opportunities come along at the time that you don't think you're ready. And then at the time you do think you're ready, the opportunity's not there anymore. It's just the way that life kind of rolls. So you've aged out of the opportunity. <laughs> Suddenly you missed your year 37. You waited too long. You're 38 now. It's over. (laughs) So let's talk about a skill set or a knowledge gap. Like this is really around understanding and asking good questions around what the opportunity is. And if you understand it in its entirety or at least more details and you can understand exactly what skill you need to work on, then you can figure out how to bridge it and how fast you can bridge it. Or if it's a knowledge piece, how fast you can bridge that as well. And sometimes it's useful to talk to other people that are in similar roles outside of the industry that you work in so you can get a perspective on it. So if you were applying for a position that you were wanting, talk to someone else that has that position in another company or do some research. Don't just go in there blank, hoping that your brain will catch up with your mouth when they ask you the question that you didn't know the answer to. Do a little bit of recon, talk to people, and then maybe even think about who could mentor you in the background while you're in this role. Would they be prepared to do that? Because they can often get you hitting the ground faster, running faster, and bridge that gap a lot quicker than you can often even get it in the job. And there's so many cheats now, which I think is so helpful. If you think about what chat GPT does you just ask Hmm. it anything write me a 5,000 word report and in my experience I've been doing that and it runs out of steam at about two and a half thousand words but even reading that two and a half thousand words even if some of what it is is not true reading it just gives you this massive head start because it's pulled all of the information from the internet and it gives you a clue about where to start looking. So it's never been easier to upskill and find out about stuff. What are the top five things I need to put in a competitor analysis? Boom. Oh, okay, right, good. Well, I can do that. I understand those concepts. If there's a concept that you don't understand, hey, ChatGPT, explain this concept to me as if I was five years old. Explain it using an example. Explain it using an example from New Zealand. You can get really specific and actually use all of the history of the world's information that's available on the internet as your coach. Yes, you do need to check in sometimes for accuracy, but for the most part, it's like you can plug into this ginormous super brain 
and get really specific information that can help you. It's incredibly powerful. Mm. It's pretty scary, but I want to use it to my advantage, at least until the robot overlords come to kill us. <laughs> it's when you go to your doctor and then they open up chat GPT and go, what the hell is that? <laughs> and <you just> freak <laughs> it out. Also, think about often skills within a title, like if think of the manager or the CEO or the leadership one. They're not often qualifications that are necessary. Mm. There's qualifications that sit behind them, like an MBA or something that can sometimes be useful, sometimes not useful. But then there's also the skill set, as opposed to you need to be qualified as an electrician to be an electrician. So mm. don't lie about that shit. You know, that it's, that's just the legal requirement is you need to be able to know that and you need to have your qualification. However, you don't have to be a qualified manager to be a manager of people. There may be some qualifications that help, but experience and your ability to learn and your ability just to connect, build rapport and have empathy, it gets you a long way um, on the track to that as well. Be a good human could be the first and basically only requirement in a whole lot of job descriptions. Just just be a good human. Have you been humaning well for a while? Great, come and join our team. Are you open to learning? Come and join our team. Do you like rapid feedback so you can grow and develop? Come and join our team. Everything else is kind of detail now. And life skills are a qualification. You know, if you're in your 40s and your 50s and you've raised a family and you've worked with multiple different people and you've done all of the stuff that you've done, there is a certain amount of maturity, emotional stability and resilience that comes with the package that you bring as well. That maybe the 18, 19 year old, 20 year old that's just out of uni doesn't have. So even though they may have the paper, they haven't got the life experience. But, you know, if it's a management position, you can definitely still step up into those roles. 100% never discount the professional playbook that can come from personal experiences. So hopefully that's been interesting, maybe got you thinking around opportunities and thinking, you know what, if it came up, would I be ready? Well, get ready because it might come up. And opportunities, if they do come up, don't talk yourself out of it. Listen to who is in your head. Is it you? Is it someone else? And is the conversation that you're having with yourself even true? Because your chances are you've probably got a whole lot of skills there that are useful. And I just thought of one more thing that you've just sparked with me, Ash, is ask yourself now, what are the opportunities that if someone said, hey, Ish, would you like to do this? What, are, mm. what would someone have to ask you for that little fire in your belly to just ignite? And if you recognize in advance, actually, I'm really open, I would love to do X, then you can actually start preparing so that when the opportunity does arise, you're more ready than you are right now. So, for example, yeah. if someone said to me, Sasha, there's an amazing opportunity where you could go and be on a super yacht working as a person who runs the whole operation. How amazing would that be? And that does nothing in my belly because I would just be seasick. (laughs) So it's not an opportunity that excites me. I want to do that. Other people will go, man, if someone asked me to run their entire operation of a super yacht, I would just be so fired up. So recognize, just play that intellectual game, the imagination game. I can think of three or four things that if someone came to me and said, such there's this opening, 
could you find time to do it? That I would just go, can I find time? Hell yes, I will clear the week. And that gives you a sense of what you're actually aspiring towards and what you're actually really passionate about. And it also tells you how far you are, how close or far away you are from actually living your dream right now. Because when I think about it, if someone said to me uh, what the opportunity is, you're going to work with somebody that you love and run a group of boutique coffee shops that serve their local communities, I would go, I would jump at that. And so because I'm doing that now, that feels like I'm in the right place. And there's a couple of other opportunities that I know I would say yes to that are in slightly different fields. Do do you know, like I'm not asking you to share them, but do you know what I mean by that? those opportunities that would absolutely light you up? Yeah, definitely. I think that there's certain things that either they hit a value set or they just spark a passion. And you see that with people that volunteer and and do voluntary work, right? It's something that they just want to do because it serves either a a greater good that they want to be involved with or it's a passion project on the side. And sometimes those passion projects lead into new careers you know one of my good mates loves to dress as a stormtrooper and he's a professional stormtrooper and he does all the stuff for charity and Alistair you're a freaking legend at the stuff that you do and it's all voluntary but I tell you what if the empire knocked on his door tomorrow he would leave me in a second and be gone to the Death Star and try and dominate the galaxy to the bad side <laughs> Alistair he's a bad guy doing he would good be a, he would be a spy he would be a spy <laughs> Okay, so I've been watching a new show, and I binged it and loved it, and it's called Colin from Accounts. Have you seen that? No, I've only seen the shorts oh. from it, and it looks amazing. It was one of those things. I saw the shorts, and I just laughed my head off, and then I just started binging it, and I was like, oh, my goodness, the writing is so clever. It was so funny, the whole premise for it. The two characters are amazing. I think it's Australian. And it's just next level, man. It's just so good. I, yeah, absolutely love it. So if you're looking for something, Colin from Accounts, that should be your next binge. And I love that it's yeah. light and funny and is uplifting you because I'm just working through the last season of Succession and the writing is incredible. But it is bleak, man. Those people are horrible people. But I'm still compelled to find out what happens to them. So once I finish that, I'm coming over to Colin from Accounts. Thank you.